the fear of being critiqued, the fear of being questioned. Uh, this term that we use about being qualified to do something that God tells us. I think it's birthed from childhood when we were in school and were bullied or was the little fat kid or the skinny kid that was talked about. You know, we're observant when we're children. We don't understand terms like adolescence. We don't understand things like that. We just know that we're kids and we watch who's gravitated to. We see what qualities they have that causes people to speak good to them, that causes people to want to be with them because of how they look or what they have. We know what it's like to not be popular. We, before we even understand the terminology of popular, we understand what it's like to not have the gravitational pull that we watched most people have. We know what it's like to get jealous before we know the term of jealousy. We know what it's like to have envy of watching one person get all of the friends and we get none. And then the friends we do have, we learn how to manipulate them to keep them with us by making them depend on us before we even learn the clinical terminology of those things, of codependency and depression. Before we know of any clinical terminology, we already know of the feelings. We already know the feelings of fear and disqualification. Now we get older and in times we have greater experiences, but these emotions remain attached to us as we get older, even in our spirituality. When we have a natural born curiosity of establishing something, we have to say, God told me to do it in order to create a validation of the movement, to create support, to fight off the naysayers who's going to have something to say because we may not have drawn them to us as popular friends and and successful people, but if I say God told me, it, it, it will at least fight off the critiques and the criticisms that we may get for doing something. And so we really need God to help us make this thing work because we're still fighting these childhood traumas that just happen to be childhood misunderstandings or our emotions was were not developed enough to really understand. And see, when you're in a situation like this, positivity is not really enough. You need the truth. The truth will set you free from the inner failings that you feel. Because when you are still traumatized with these feelings of inadequacy, that's, a, that's based on how you have measured yourself to other people, Positivity is just another lie. It's just another good lie that has no credit worthiness to really free your mind of what's going on. As a matter of fact, the more codependent you are, the more you begin to fear positivity.
the more you begin to not trust positivity because you begin to feel that it's used as a weapon. Why? Because you've used positive terminology as a weapon to sucker punch other people or to keep them in your clutches. So you are afraid of positivity. You need the truth. And maybe we are afraid of the truth. We are afraid of the truth. We are born of the truth, but we are afraid of the truth because somehow we are not disconnected to our DNA identity pattern to God. We have, we don't have an emotional feeling of being a child of God. Even, even the word child of God seems weak. Even the term child of God seems just so Christian-like and, and so religious-like. But you are the blood of God, but and you are the authentic family of God. But we miss the feeling, the proudness, the, the standard, the principle that explodes our cells and sensitivity to see that we are great people. Because great people are not looking at themselves as great people. They're merely looking at themselves as people. But we put the terminology of great because we feel so low. We're so, we have such a great deficit of childhood trauma, of watching people gravitate to other people and they're not gravitating to us, of watching people gravitate to who's considered cute or handsome and they're not gravitating to us. We even look at ministers on TV and they have big crowds and we may even say, I may not be this person. And so we begin to bring ourselves down or low so we could do the work for people. In other words, I would decrease myself before you get a chance to decrease me so I won't fall as hard or fall as from a higher place. So I will bring myself down to nothing before I leave you with the power of diminishing me. So we begin to emulate and say, I'm not like this person. And we begin to compare ourselves because that's the only thing, that's the only system of thought that we have is when it comes to influence. I see that everybody goes to this person. Now, what does this person have? Oh, this person has nice hair. This person has a car. This person has nice teeth. This person has a nice body. This person smells good. So maybe if I do this, I'll have people coming to me. And what's funny is a lot of us want people around us but don't know what to say once they get around us. It's like, well, what are you going to give them? I just know I don't like being alone. I know that I just like to say something and I want to see people respond with power and celebration like this person. And it seems like the more they respond with celebration, they give him money. And if they give him money, he could buy this big house. And, and, and maybe if I can do that too, and that's what happens in our heart. And so we spend all of our life trying to protect ourselves from being critiqued for having a dream. A dream of being approved, I guess. And so we use God's name in vain by connecting God to a curiosity. And that will fight off the unbelievers. If I say God told me, they won't question me if I tell them God told me. I think some of us are still suffering from that right now. And we're not living happy or fulfilled lives. We're not living safe. And we're still sort of 
tormented with this childhood, adolescent perception or perspective within our spirituality. Some of us may grow out of it, some of us do not grow out of it, we just get more things to cover it up. But in the core of our feelings, we're still tormented, I believe. We need the truth. And the truth is not that you are what God says you are. You are what God is. And the greatest revelation to your identity isn't moving us, and that's the tragedy. We're not moved by the magic of being related to God. We want God to fill us with magic to relate to men. We're not moved psychologically or emotionally the magic of being a God imagination. We'll even create what we want God to be and still won't be able to rise up to our own creation because we know we're trying to create a positive addition to our lives and we know that we're birthing that feeling. We're birthing it. And because we know we're the ones that's birthing that feeling, we don't trust it. So what do we do? We do. We get older. We get older and more fortified in our religious mind. But are we really, really happy? And do we really have joy? Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Now think about it. How do you emotionally feel knowing that God is your legacy? Not religion. But that's a that's a trap, huh? How do I respond to that? I think we understand the rhetoric of spiritual talk, but I think we still live beneath that power. We live in a lower dimension of senses that still captivates our emotion and our perception and our self-worth because no one is still running to us. They're still running to the other guy. And it's hard to say I'm who God is if nothing is running to me and wanting to be with me and putting me on their shoulders and saying, I'm great because I'm, even though I understand what you're saying, Andre, the other guy is getting all the play. The other guy is getting all the company. I'm still broke. I, I, I'm still living here. I'm still divorced. I'm still poor. I'm still working for someone. The other guy is still getting the company. What do I do? How do I fix me? Well, the only thing I can tell you is stop looking at that other guy and stop wishing that that other guy was really a secret failure. Sometimes we have to look at other people's happiness and destroy it by saying they're not really happy because they're sick. They're not really happy. It's just people going over there to get their money because they have a big house. No one really wants to be with them. So we have to destroy them because we feel destroyed. We have to find a secret in them to say that no one's really treating them right. And we want to expose them because we want them to feel what we're feeling. 
It's easy to forgive people and it's easy to look over what people are doing. But when no one is coming to you saying that you're something, you want to destroy the popularity of other people. You want to destroy other people's mentality because no one's coming to you. So I want to blow up that house too. Boy, that feeling. <laughs> Man, you, you really have to be delivered from that. You have to unlearn that. And you have to tap in and see for yourself what does it feel like to be the family of God. Not the family of Christianity that we feel that God made in the earth, but the family of God. The genealogy of God. How does that feel? What does it do to your confidence? What does it do to your emotion? What does it do for you? I'm Andre Feinzer. And this is Innovators.